Here goes, and welcome to the 84th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. And as always, please follow the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. It's been a minute, brother. Oh, Woods, it has been, hasn't it? I was thinking about that today. It's going to be, what, at least three weeks, maybe even four weeks since we're on last. So I promise everyone will be back for the, the weekly pods going forward anyway. Good to see you, Robbie. And we're joined by one of New South Wales... Favorite basketball personalities and good friend of the show, Mookie Mooks. I heard you've been overseas for a while, man. Uh, how's your trip and how you been? Boys, very good to be here. Uh, I'm referencing where I've been right there, the Japan basketball uh, shirt, which I picked up traveling a few weeks uh, around Japan. Unfortunately, did not get to any of the games of the World Cup, uh, not for one of uh, trying to coerce my family to shift our family holiday to get there, but... Uh, Yes, had, had a, a nice few weeks in Japan and really good to be back here with you guys talking hoops. Awesome. And it's great to have you, Mookie. I was just texting him the other day. I'm like, dude, did he just plan this trip to Japan at the same time as the World Cup? I'm like, bro, you're going to some games, right? He's like, no, no, I ain't Woods. I ain't Woods. But um, good to see you picked up some memorabilia on the way because you know we love memorabilia here at Throwback always, Hoops, right? Always, always. All right, all right. So let's get into it, man. Uh, what you got there? I, I know you got some fitting memorabilia, a nice throwback jersey you're wearing right now so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about it yeah well the the time of year that it is and uh you know the one of the greatest performers in international basketball ever the uh the great andrew gaze oh brilliant legend so, uh we've got that there the uh, obviously this is a reproduction of the original but uh you know still has most of the classic features has some nice stitching to it i think it's it's quite a Quite a good reproduction, even if they've just had to add the iAthletic uh, logo there. But yeah, the you can't see, but the the Basketball Australia logo is nicely stitched on, and yeah, they've done a good job. And you know, Andrew Gaze, what what more can be said that hasn't been said already? I think the thing that strikes me is a guy that is such a legend of the sport. Typically, when you find someone like that, they've got some fatal flaws. They're arrogant. They're whatever they are. But the guy is just such a a giving character, such a a great uh, a great person seemingly and and you know such a, a great ambassador for our sport and and just keeps on giving and, and you know he's such an articulate guy that can seamlessly blend into commentary and one thing i've noticed in in him in in the last couple of years is he's gotten better at actually making a stand on topics because you know he always got accused of sitting on the fence too much but he's actually trying to to make uh you know not not necessarily hot takes but you know He's, he's at least asserting what he thinks, which is great to see. Well, I think having his old sparring buddy, Leonard Copeland, by his side on the jump has helped him with that <laughs> a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, Woods, I think we still pinch ourselves that we had him on the show as well, right? Like early on when we first started, still one that I've gone back and watched a few times and just it was just amazing. I was so nervous that day before we had him on as well, which is funny. But, well, uh, a lot of... Well, a lot of things. Say greatness respects greatness, right? <laughs> Thanks, and a lot of things you, Mookie said we recognised about him getting to meet him in person. The humility he shows, how generous he is with his time, and what a good human being he is. So not only is he a great Australian, he's a great person, um, and he he's represented our country with pride and distinction. Not only as a player, but you know, as as a countryman, right? And and everything he's done, we're proud of. All right, Robbie, 
Over to you, man. What you got there for I us? I thought I'd continue the international theme with some Boomers jerseys. So I'm not going to do the full story talking about both these guys this week, but the one I'm hanging... So they're both from 2015. Oceana tournament was on then. So I've got an Andrew Bogart one hanging there. Um, I'll stand up and show you the one I'm wearing. A pretty random Boomers one, Woods. I'm tipping... I think Mookie knows who it is. I'm thinking you'll see the number, Woods, and probably won't know, but I'll turn around. You can see who I'm rocking. All right. For our audio listeners who can't see the screen, Robbie's wearing the number 12 Australia... Can't even see it because of that light. Damien Martin jersey. All right. Cool, man. <laughs> you like that, Rob? Marta, of course, man. Good news about this jersey is when I bought it, it was way too big for me. But I've had it about five years and probably put on about 18 kilos at that time. So it actually fits really well now. So that's good. Yeah, but um, yeah, one of my favorite all-time players, as you know, Woods. And, you know, he didn't do a lot in a Boomers uniform there, but, you know, just um, had to represent him and, and have this boomer's flavor. And me and Mookie won't forget to remind you he's originally from New South Wales as well. You know, I know you might call him your own, but yeah, yeah, he's originally from here, right? Yeah. True, true. And what about yourself then, Woods? Finishes it off there. You've got a, a fancy-looking old Wizards one there. I'll just stand up, and why don't you take the audience through it, Robbie? So I think there might be a bit of Brazilian flavor in this one. The number 42, Nene Hilario, or just Nene as he likes to go by. Yeah, and I think we're going to get into a little bit later the performance of Brazil in this World Cup up to date. They also mm. beat Australia in the warm-ups, you guys will remember, right? Um, and, and Nene was actually born as Maybiner Rodney Hilario. <laughs> he, he's, he's Brazilian, um, hence, hence me uh, wearing the jersey because of the World Cup. And, and um, yeah, he legally changed his name simply to Nene in 2003. He's 40 years old. He had a storied career. Six foot 11, 2002 first round seventh overall pick of the New York Knicks before being shipped off to Denver, where he was most known, where he spent 10 years, then another five years of the Washington Wizards, and then another five years of the Houston Rockets. So, uh, you know, an 18 year NBA career. Um, NBA All Rookie first teamer in 2003. Just a solid player. Probably just on the verge of being an All Star. In the 2008 9 season, he averaged 14.6 points, 7.8 rebounds. Uh, I most fondly remember him on those teams with, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Andre Miller, Marcus Camby, and, and, and those guys, right? Um, what do you guys remember about Nene? Yeah, I, I just thought of the guy as a competitor. Uh, he, he had a bit of that, you know, like you mentioned, obviously that fun Brazilian Latino, Latino flavor to his game. And uh, I've, I've always been a fan of the international guys in the game more than more than the Yanks, I hate to say. Um, so I always have a, an eye out for someone who comes from another country. And um, he was just one of those guys. He, he had you know, enough strength and girth inside to, to be intimidating enough down low. And uh, yeah, just a, a different style to, to the American bigs. He was a big boy for sure. He had some great hair. I'll certainly remember that. Yeah. I was just thinking as well, Woods, have you ever thought about changing your name to Woody, just like a one-name thing? Mm. Like the I reckon I could see that working for you. Uh, to be fair, man, like I like Anirudh again. Man, you're the only one who actually calls me by my real name, right? True. You know, everyone calls me Woody, you know, but you, my parents and you call me Ani, right? So <laughs> I guess I just got stuck with it, man, right? But uh, no, no, hell no. I've not cha- thought about changing that. No, but my no. but my business card says Anirudh within brackets Woody Venkat. So, right? Nice, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's easier for the Western public, right, to, to say Woody than Anirudh. So we'll just run with that. Okay, so really exciting show, guys. Um, we've brought Mookie along to help us out with our team previews. We do this every year, um, just about a month leading into the uh, NBL season. Really exciting season this year. So um, why don't we kick things off, right? I think um, 
I'll start off and we'll, we'll get into things with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Just going to bring up the, the roster slides on my screen. Can you guys see that? Yeah, all good. And Woods, I think we're like exactly 30 days away from the season starting, right? All right, so it's a good time to kick these off, right? Mm-hmm. And thanks, Mookie, for coming and helping us. I'm excited. I'm pumped. All right, all right. So let's go through uh, uh, the Jack Jumpers roster for the 23-24 season. Scott Roth, Roth comes back as head coach. Returning, we have Jack McVeigh, Clint Steindl, Jared Besto, Fabian Krizlovich, Sean McDonald, Will Magne, Walter Brown, and Milton Doyle. The new additions to the team, Anthony Drimmick coming over from the Adelaide 36ers, Junior Madut from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Marcus Lee from Melbourne United, a new import, Jordan, Jordan Crawford, don't be confused with Jordan Crawford, Majok Deng from Cairns, Lockie Barker from Melbourne United, and Jacob Richards uh, from the Hobart Chargers. And Majuk Majuk's just come in as an injury replacement for Will Magne, which we'll, we'll get into. The depth chart as it stands, uh, Crawford, uh, Doyle, Drimmick, McVeigh, and Lee to start. And then off the bench, you've got McDonald, Madut, Steindl, Dang, Krizlovich, uh, and the likes of, uh, you know, Besto and Majuk and, and Barker would be the, the third strings in the, in the rotation. So a few guys I really want to touch on before I get your thoughts. Jordan Crawford, okay? As I said, not to be confused with Jordan Crawford. He's a storied veteran. He's actually been playing all around the world from Cyprus to Turkey, Mexico, Canada. Uh, he's 33 years of age. Um, he's listed at just five foot six, so he'd come into this league as one of the shortest players in in NBL history. Um, and I guess he's more of a score for first point guard. He looks for his own. Not that he can't distribute the ball. It's a different uh, different kind of uh, look at the point guard position to Josh Majette. Uh, I, I think um, it, it's been mentioned on on uh, on other podcasts and, and other media outlets that. He's not a winner. In, in, in all of his professional seasons, he hasn't had a winning uh, season uh, since college. And I think, um, you know, Southeast Melbourne were looking at him in the past and didn't pick him up simply because of that. So it, it remains to be seen because uh, Josh Majette was, was a winner, right? And, um, you know, he was able to lead that team well. Maybe not put up the, the, the offensive numbers that Crawford's going to put up, but he was a floor general. So let's just see how that plays out. Marcus Lee is going to be really important for this team. He was really, really good. I know you guys will agree with me in Melbourne United last year. And we talked about Magne and the kind of um, check it past he's got injuries. Having a Marcus Lee um, on this roster is going to be um, really important. And I think um, um, the kind of intangibles he brings fits into that system at, at, at Tasmania. Anthony Drimmick, he's, he's bounced around a little bit, but he's a veteran now. Once again, another guy is going to fit into that system at Tasmania under, under Scott Roth. Um, and then I like Majuk Deng as well. You know, you've just shored up, uh, you know, that, that wing and that front line with a couple of veterans who know what they're doing at, at, at the NBL level. Um, I, I guess I'll throw over to you guys and ask you, um, maybe Mookie, I'll ask you, how important is the re-signing of a guy like Milton Doyle? He flew under the radar, but uh, how effective was he uh, as an import last year? He's one of those guys along the lines of a, a Darnell Mead and maybe not from a defensive standpoint, but one of those do-it-all guys. And they're, they're hard to come by, those guys who are those big guards who can you know, get you close to a triple-double, who can fill up the stat sheet. And uh, he's got that star power. And you know, the, in the Jack Jumpers' first season, they didn't have the star power in that same way that was as consistent as that. And so he he was a really good addition for them last season. And to have that consistency, I mean, the Jack Jumpers, one of their big strengths has been consistency. They made all those signings in the first year of all these offcuts from other teams. And 
Yeah. And the, the, these guys who seemingly you're giving three-year contracts to that no one else really wanted necessarily, but it's been a real strength of theirs. And Scott Roth's been able to build a culture amongst them, almost like a college program. So having a Milton Doyle to overlay as the star above all these culture guys is huge, I think, and, and keeping him. And, you know, some of these other signings are, are very interesting in that they, they fit in with that culture well. And Anthony Drimmick, I think, is a, is a good type of guy who's yep. rough and tumble who'll get into it. Marcus Lee, great defensive um, abilities and just seems like a good sort of guy. Every interview I've heard with him, I just like the guy. He seems like a good type of person to have around a team. Um, <clears throat> Majuk Deng, I mean, Cairns has traditionally been a place that been a bit messy at times and and maybe not so structured this would be a very different environment there playing with the jack jumpers so i'll be interested to see how he fits into that environment um then looking at the the likes of jordan crawford is a a question mark for me um i don't don't know i'm just not always that big on these smaller guards particularly those scoring stuff yep guys they're almost like something you sign in the the style of a jerome randall to get excitement for a squad but how many of those small guards have ever really performed at uh, taken a team to a championship can you guys think of any at an nbl cal bruton cal bruton okay it's got got to go back a while now right yeah (laughs) yeah um, uh, Robbie, maybe I'll throw over to you. I know you're a big fan of Marcus Lee, right? And I want to talk to you a little bit about the checkered injury past I just mentioned with, with, with Will Magne, right? Majuk, Majuk, your boy from Perth has come over and been signed as a, um, you know, as an injury replacement. How important is a guy like Marcus Lee going to be when you take into account those factors? I think he's really important in this league. I think a few teams would have been interested to get him over there. And it's interesting, I think, with all those players they've added, a lot of known commodities, right? A lot of people we saw in the league with different teams last year. Um, I think Lee will fit in well there. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the go is with Magne, um, just whether you can rely on the bloke to, to play big minutes now. But So I think Lee's going to be important there. Um, look, I quite like some of the signings there. You know I'm a fan of um, Junior Badut. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you. Shout-out to the NBL One East. He just dominated yeah. for, for North. There's, as Mookie would have seen firsthand as well this year. Um, we got to meet him as well. Lovely guy. So I'm sort of rooting for him. Um, the South Sudanese um, uh, community will probably follow this team a bit more now after the three sort of pickups in the offseason. Um, yeah, perhaps maybe that small forward. I'm looking at that now. I'm like, okay, Drimmich, Steinle, Richards. Not quite sure about that sort of position there. I do like Drimmich. I'm just uh, thinking he's probably better off as a bench player at this stage of his career. But Tasmania, for me, they're one of those teams that you can't really rule out. You don't always look at the roster there and think, you know, make that opinion on them there. They always seem to play above what people expect there. Really well coached, a great culture there, as we know. Um, and I think, yeah, like sort of Mookie spoke about, Milton Doyle, you know, really important do-it-all player and a great guy to have back there. I think they were really pleased to, to be able to bring him back. All right. And quickly, I'll put you... Sorry, just to add in, I think with, yeah. with Marcus Lee, um, Will Magne, there's talk that he, he might not be available for the first half of the season or something. Mm. So Marcus Lee will be big in that regard. Uh, and just a, a point on um, Junior Madut, having watched him in NBL 1, not only is he an amazing performer, but he's one of those guys that it's rare to see a guy who goes over to an opposing team's bench before the game and the commentary crew and goes and dabs everyone up to say thanks. Like, he just yeah. seems like a good, solid guy. Definitely. High-character individuals just fit in. Nicely into that system there. All right, so we don't have NBL Fantasy anymore. We've got NBL Super Coach for the first time in, in, in uh, 
in the history of the NBL to go on with the likes of the Big Bash and, and the NRL and whatnot. So, Mookie, Robbie was asking me uh, before you jumped on, you're going to join the uh, the competition this year? Let me at it. Uh, all right. I'm ready. All right, all right, all right. I'll send you an invite for sure. Yep. So we normally go with a fantasy well, uh, super coach, stud, and sleeper. I think I'll, I'll have a shot at this one. I'm going to go with Marcus Lee as the stud because he's the guy who's going to be able to double-double for you, get those extra points, get him in your team. You'd probably get him cheaper than some other centers. Good field goal percentage, of course, Woods. Definitely, definitely not a bad free throw shooter. I'd go with Marcus Lee. Sleeper, I'm going to go with, with Majuk Deng there, right? Because you mentioned, Robbie, that that, 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 that that small forward position is a bit light. I wouldn't be surprised to see McVeigh even start at the three in some game, in, in some lineups, and Deng to move to the four and play a few more minutes than he did previously. So just watch out for Majuk Deng. You could get him for cheap, right? Good call. And then quickly, boys, top six for Tasmania, yes or no? Quickly, on the spot. Yes. Yes. I'm going to say no. Ooh, interesting. Mm, you can't doubt Mr. Mr. Tazzy, like your third time on, though. All right. Let's see how it plays out. All right, over to you, Mookie. We're going to move on to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. All right, the Phoenix. Mike Kelly at the, at the coach. That Returning with that core, really strong, and having Mitch Creek, big source Al Williams, Owen Foxwell just on the rise, just so much potential there. Ruben Tarangi has been playing really well for New Zealand. I mean, he's he's a, an inconsistent commodity at an NBL level, but you know he can put out those amazing performances for the Tall Blacks. It just makes you question. Uh, Anzac Rosetto, Gary Brown, a lot of new faces here as well. Bojack Jack, big get from Brisbane. Um, a lot of people just thought you know he was maybe underutilized there. Um, really good commodity to have. Matt Kenyon, one of those guys from the Jack Jumpers, who was a Defensive stopper. It was interesting. Jack Jumps didn't really make an effort to retain him. Who knows what the reasoning behind that is? But he's he's a an interesting guy who's you know he was in the G League at one point, I he believe. Was, yeah, yeah, was, and, yeah. And then we see him at NBL one level as well. He's kind of floating between different levels, but he he, he can certainly do some things, particularly on the defensive end. Reese Vague coming from Japan. Um, you know, he he did well over there, and and he's a he's a guy who can. He could really surprise. Um, he could do some things. I think um, that that could be just a really unheralded signing, and he might be ready to really step up to a high level in the, in the NBL. Ben Eyre is one of those guys who made a name for himself. Is always one of those guys who comes through <laughs> yep. and kind of takes that um, takes that slot from uh, the likes of. Um, Sorry, the name escapes me. The guy who has left Southeast Melbourne, uh, the the guard, oh, Kyle Adnam. Kyle yeah. Adnam, yep. That type of style where Kyle Adnam once came on the scene in that same way. Uh, Austin Rapp, interesting young eighteen-year-old, six-nine, a big big frame, and he looks like he's got some potential. Kobe Statman, he's been doing really well at NBL one level. Getting him from Brisbane, Luke Rosendale. Uh, Craig Moller, that's, um, you know, an interesting one because Craig Moller, you know, in interviews in the offseason was talking about whether he was unsure whether he'd be back in the NBL and um, to come uh, back from Germany, that's a really strong signing for them. And I think he will do well there in southeast Melbourne, even if there are a couple of players in that position. But I think it, it'll be good good for him. And um, and Will Cummings, I have to admit, I don't know a great deal about. He's the import, he's the import coming through. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know to what level he was playing in China. Um, yeah. So, 
solid, solid team um, with, with a solid defensive-minded coach. The, the big thing for me is <clears throat> having down low those four guys, Big Al Williams getting him back, um, Gorjak Gak there backing up who who knows where he could go with things. Mitch Creek, we know he he's a he's an MVP level performer and Reese Vague. Um, you know, and then with the size of Muller and Tarangi there as well, they've got a really strong hit. It's it's almost a top heavy lineup in ways. What do you guys think? I'm loving that roster. I've got to say, looking through that, it's like, man, they have, they've got some quality, but you're right, they they do have a lot of size, don't they? So we know guys like Gorjak Gak can you know, spread the floor a little bit there and he'll probably work on that shot. I'm a little bit like you. I don't know a lot about this um, this third import there. Um, but, yeah, I think they've done they've done pretty well. Um, and look at that, you know, some of those returning players. If you get, you know, Big Source, Mitch Creek and, and Gary Brown back, that's a great trio just amongst themselves of the three of those. But, um, yeah, I think they've, they've had a, a pretty good offseason, to be honest. Yeah, look, I'm not as high on this team as you guys. Will Cummings, he's another storied import, 30 years, journeyman, played all over the world. Um, you know, went to went to Temple University, had a pretty good college career. I think they brought him in because he can stretch the floor and shoot the three. You look around, look at this team, Brown, Cummings, you know, Moller, Creek, Williams. You don't really have great shooting there. That's the big knock I have on this team, right? You think being, bringing Gary Brown Jr. was the right decision, guys? I'm not huge on on that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. That's where I'm. I'm most concerned in their guard slots. I just don't think they've got it. And you know how important guards are at the NBL level. Um, Talk about I, the shooting, though, guys. What about Reese Vague? I mean, expect him to come on and just yes. he's automatic from downtown. Yes. So he'll he'll probably play a pretty important role on that team. And, yeah, and great to see him back in the league as well, right? Mm. Yeah, no Perth Wildcats bias there, right? No, <laughs> no. Well, when he left the Wildcats, he was pretty ordinary, to be honest, but yeah, he's come back true. a completely different player. So, yeah. He has. Yeah. But um, on, on the topic of Big Al Williams, like, I love that guy. Do you, you guys watch much of his stuff on Twitter? He's he's just yeah, totally I, into everything. He's a good follower. Yeah. He loves it. He loves the country. He's a great yeah. ambassador for the country and the NBL, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if he joins that long list of imports that settle down and have long careers here in Australia. His family loved, loved coming here last year. We knew um, he embraces the culture and that's the kind of guy we need in our league. Right. So yeah. 100%. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So at a fantasy level. So, all right. All right. You want to jump into it straight away? All right. Give me, give me, give, give me, give me the, give me the stud and the sleeper. Right. Right. I mean, the, the stud is, is an easy one in Mitch Creek. I mean, you know, he's, he's always there. Um, if, if it is, if it is a sleeper, um, you know, given what we've just discussed, but Reese Vague, uh, you know, because he might be a four three point as a guy sort of a game sort of guy, and particularly if <clears throat> if if they decide to maybe play him more minutes of the three than what Moller gets, um, that that's the guy there. Um, if if anything, you know, once again happens with injuries to any of those guys, that's where someone like Gorjak Gak could come through if he gets into one of those four or five slots. He's a guy, if given minutes, could put up blocks and rebounds. And, and uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, that's my two, Creek and Vague. All right. And and on the spot, top six finish? No. 100%. 100% for me. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not. I'm oh, down the bottom. Because of the guards. Because wow. of the guards. I'm down the bottom. I'm, I'm, not, saying, I'm, like I'm eight saying eight they're an absolute lock to make it. All right, so we're going to have our show later on, just before the season kicks off, and we're going to do all our predictions, Robbie. So yeah, for sure. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot of differing opinions there, we brother. Do. Right? So 
That's nice, man. It's nice to have that conversation. All right, man, over to you, Robbie. We're going to move on to the breakers. And as uh, Mookie alluded to, we've got a few of the guys that we've seen in action over the last few days. Um, yeah. So why don't you take us away with that? First off, we'll obviously talk a little bit in the World Cup talk there. But yeah, I was so disappointed. I, I sort of was really cheering them on last night against Greece and they were looking like they were going to make it. But I guess them not making it mean, meant that the Boomers were already qualified for, for Paris there and don't have to go through the qualifying tournament. So that's a good thing. But anyway, back to matters at hand there. So look, last year's runners-up. Before I sort of go through a little bit about them, I'll just go through the roster. Um, so... Coached by Modi Mayor, one of the more interesting and um, exciting coaches to, to watch. Charismatic. Oh, there's, there's definitely a few words you could use to describe him. Um, so returning players, again, like a few of these teams, not a whole lot returning. So we've got Will McDowell-White. We've got Isaiah Maori Huhu Liafa, because I just wanted to say his full name. Um, <laughs> Cam Glidden, Dan Foto, Alex McNaught, and the veteran Tom Abercrombie returned again. Um, in terms of new players... Some decent signings here. So we've got Mango Mathian coming over from the Hawks. Um, I know I'm going to probably butcher his last name, but we've got the, the Lithuanian guy. So Mantis Rubastitius. I don't know if anyone can do any better than that. Rubastitius. Well, I was close. All right. Um, Dane Pinnell. Um, Finn Delaney. I'll talk a little bit about him. You know I'm a big fan of him, Woods. Um, yep, I know. Yep. Finn so, Diesel. And then a couple of imports. So we've got uh, Zylan Sheathan. Um, we've got Parker Jackson Cartwright and a name familiar to a lot of NBL fans there, Justinian Jessup, who's coming as that, that third import there. So, um, so the depth chart, pretty pretty loaded team, I think. Um, we'll probably start off with McDowell White, uh, Lee Arthur, the next star, Lithuanian, uh, and then we've got Sheetham and, and Mango there, and also some pretty good um, bench depth as well. So guys like Jessup, Abercrombie, um, you know, Foto, Dane Pinnell and those sort of guys. So I guess my thoughts on, on New Zealand. So, I've, you know, of course, they, they went all the way to the grand final, losing in five games to... I forget, actually, who they who did they lose to? I'm not sure. You guys <laughs> Come on, me. man. Come on, man. Oh, that's right. It was Sydney again, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good season for, for New Zealand, getting back on the home court there. But interestingly, their stats last year, they uh, they finished 18 and 10. Um, they actually had a better record on the road, which I thought was a bit of a surprise in doing some research. So they went 11 and 3 on the road, and they only went 7 and 7 at home, which I, I thought was a little bit strange there. So, um, you know, Woods and I have spoken before. We absolutely love their import trio last season. So, a little bit disappointing to see Definitely, that all, all three did not Definitely, return, right? Yeah. So I think they probably played so well last year, they priced themselves out of the NBL market, which is a, a bit of a shame. But they, they were a great trio last year. Um, and look, they've been replaced by, you know, as I said, former Hawks next star, Justin Ian Jessup. So, you know, it didn't quite work out his NBA uh, dream there. Maybe it still will. Um but the other two imports are probably relatively unknown guys, at least in NBL circles. Um, so we've got uh, point guard Parker Jackson Cartwright. So just to confirm, that's not a law firm. It actually is a player there. So, um, he'll actually become the smallest import in Breakers history. So not quite as small as Jordan Crawford. But, um, you know, the 28-year-old former Arizona Wildcats been playing all over Europe for these last five years. Um, and the other imports, 27-year-old forward Zylan Chatham. So a handful of NBA games to his resume. He actually played last year in Germany where he actually went up against Finn Delaney. So those two have got experience now playing against each other. The big one for me is that return of Finn Delaney, though. I think he's an absolute star. Um, really big fan of him. I think he'll fit in really well with his former team. Um, and, yeah, probably the other the other key signings I brought in are Mango Mathiang, who was pretty solid last year with Illawarra. You know he's going to play some good D. 
Um, so I think he's probably a, an easy one to add there for that you know defensive-minded um, lineups that they want to have. The next star from Lithuania, he's only 21, projected as a second rounder in the 2024 NBA draft. So we've seen a number of next stars that have played for New Zealand get drafted over the last few years, haven't we? So we've seen guys like uh, RJ Hampton, um, Usman Jiang, and most re- recently Rupert. So it's um, you know there's a lot of scouts that keep their eyes on New Zealand. And Hugo Besson as well. Yeah, Besson as well. Yeah, I forgot about him. Um, and look, I'm probably looking forward to see how your boy Will McDowell-White goes again this year, Woods. Um, I think he just seems to get better every year and add something to his to his game there. So, look, they feel like a, a pretty deep team to me. I think they'll be right up there again in the standings. Um, before I sort of talk a little bit of fantasy, I want to ask you guys what you think. So, Woods, surely you're not going to pick these guys to finish outside of the six. No, no, I've got, I've, got, I've got them in the top six, but I'm still a little bit concerned. You did mention earlier that they really relied on that import trio, right? And I was really surprised that you're given the, the, the keys to the offense to McDowell White last year, right? Yeah. Liafa can play a bit of point guard. So why bring a guy like Jackson Cartwright in a point guard off the bench? It would have been made more sense to bring like a, a Barry Brown Jr. type scoring, you know, 2-3 guy. A 2-3 now. Yeah. I agree. And then Matt, and Matthew Yang, as much as I love him, he's a backup center in this league, in my opinion, right? You know, he's not a Derek Pardon for me, right? Well, that'll probably be a bit of a two-headed monster, won't it? So Mango and, and Dane Pinnell. Yeah, I'm just not convinced. I'm not. I'm not convinced, right? That that mm-hmm. two-headed monster is going to, you know, give them the kind of productivity that they had last year at the center position. Yeah. Um, Cheatham, from all all reports and everything that I've seen on YouTube, he seems like a he's going to be. Yeah. He's going to be someone you might have as your fantasy stud, they're, man. They're comparing him a little bit to to Brantley, aren't they? So yeah, man. I, I like his game. I like his yeah. game, and yeah, look, I've got him in the top six, but I just. Don't think they're going to be as strong as last year. Um, I don't know about... I might have got, got it wrong there. Jessup is the third string shooting guard. He's probably going to be ahead of Gideon. i he might be ahead of Ken. Yeah, I think I got that one wrong, uh, right? I got that one wrong. Right. Um, what do you think, Mookie? What are your thoughts on, on the Brokers? Well, hang, hang on a second, because didn't the press release say that Matt Yang was a step up on Derek Pardon? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that did, that did, that did, that, that did. That, that I think, press I think he, might have wrote, he might have written that press release. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Matt Yang's a big question mark, I think, um, mm. because we saw he, he disappeared in Wollongong. Um, he, I mean, this is the guy who was with the Charlotte Hornets. He was a, an NBA guy. He was one of those guys talked about as, oh, that we've got another Aussie over there in the NBA. He's going to be a future boomer stalwart. And then he's kind of disappeared off the radar. Um, so question is, to does he revive himself? Because that center position is a real question mark with, I agree. with two guys yeah. it's it's a bit of a, a low point on a very deep roster so there's a lot of questions the other questions that come to mind it's just in there's no doubts for me in terms of the talent but the construct so Liafa, he's a small shooting guard i love him as a player he's a great player but he's a tweener he's a he's a mm-hmm. guy who's like a one two and and like you say much better as a flamethrower point guard off the bench where you wouldn't want to have a Jackson Cartwright there. Um, thankfully, McDowell White is a big enough guard that, yeah, you say he guards the bigger guard of the two. Uh, then you say Glidden and Jessup, there's kind of a double up there. They're kind of similar shooters. There's um, Jessup is a phenomenal shooter who can shoot off movement, whereas Glidden probably at this point in his career can't do that as much. And then Delaney. Delaney, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm a big fan of him in what he does on so many levels. He's kind of like a Mitch Creek player to me, and he's a an MVP candidate. And 
how is he hampered in behind, with Cheatham there? I, I feel like Ruben Stivishus, depending on what promises have been made to him, mm. that's always the, the risk with next stars. Do they get these promises? Does it take up minutes away from other people? But Delaney is the type of guy you want playing 30-plus minutes. And, and Mookie, let me be clear. I made a crack, crack at, I took a crack at this depth chart as it is oh, right yeah. now. It might not be exactly as it is, you know. You could sure. find Delaney starting there, right? Yeah, no, no, 100%. But either way, I mean, having all those players around yeah. there, they all take up minutes, right? And um, I don't know. Do do they look at going a lot more small ball if if the if Matiang doesn't work out? Because, you know, we kind of know Dane Pinot's ceiling. Um but do they try and go with quite a small ball and a lot of trapping and all that? Who knows? But it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I have a lot of faith in Modi Mayoi. He's, he's a great yeah. coach. So I'm sure they've got it all worked out. But let's see. But either way, yeah, very good team. Uh, well said, mate. Well, look, in terms of the, the fantasy or, the sorry, the super coach um, stud and the sleeper there. So I'll probably say William McDowell-White. I'm not going to overthink that one too much for the stud there. I think Delaney yeah. could be really good. But McDowell-White, just, you know, with his assist there and he gets you know, he's a very good rebounder for his position as well. So I'll be looking at getting him on the team. Um, in terms of a sleeper, yeah, look... It's probably an import, so I don't know how much of a sleeper it is. It maybe Justin Ian Jessup, right? Maybe he could come on and, and, and show that he has improved a little bit. So I was trying to think, was it what two is it two full seasons that he hasn't played here? Is that right? So I don't no, one, one, one full season. Is it only one season? Is it yeah, man. Like two? Okay. No, 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 one full season. He played in that semi final uh, against Sydney when we when we swept the Hawks two years ago, right? Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's not normally a sleeper for an import, but there's a lot of names on that team, so he may be, might be that guy that goes under the radar and puts up some uh, some good numbers. Yeah. Look, I'm going to say Jackson Cartwright may be the first import cut. You know, the law right? firm. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, it'll be legal action. There will. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys, top six. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, me too. Top four? Quite possibly. Yes, yes. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay, so you think five to six range? I think so, yeah. All right. All right, let's move on to our last team of the week. Mookie, over to you. And we've got Melbourne United. Uh, They're looking good, huh? The team that everyone loves to hate. Yep. With uh, Dean Vickman barking on the sidelines. And yeah, CG forty three, yeah, doing his thing. Shea getting Yilly, older, yeah, getting older. Shayili's back, and you know the big question with him, all the concussions he's had, is he in form? And we've seen in the World Cup, the guy is Ooh, man, winning at seventeen hey. points a game. Great to see him fit, right? Oh, so yeah. so good, and he's yeah. just such a player, and he always does so well for the Tall Blacks. You see him out there, and you just think this guy's a world class player. And and he he just does at both ends. It's not just his D. Um, Ariel Huckporty, it'd be interesting to see. It's good to see him coming back and um, good to see him back as an, a next star, you know, being back in the league again and that opportunity to come back from injury and see, you know, what this beast can do. He's, he's just got so much potential. Um, Zach Triplett, can he continue to improve as that, that three-point shooting threat, that spot-up shooter? Uh, Melith Maka, the, the Sydney's Aussie, um, Brad Newley just keeps on keeping on. Um, I love seeing Brad Newley still being in the league because, you know, it just makes me feel like I haven't gotten too old yet. <laughs> it's good to see. He just he never seems to age. He's still got that every self in the surprise you with that quick zipping layup to the basket. 
then the, the the newcomers. I mean, there's there's a lot of names here. I mean, Flynn Cameron, great prospect. We know what he can do and, and the pedigree he comes from, being sure. Gary Cameron's son, and you know, different body type to his dad, but still strongly built for a young guy. And he's he's shown already at the international level that he can hold his own. Um, and that's that's a, a guy to look out for as as he comes through that system. And you know, they've got some strong development there in Melbourne, guys that he can learn from. So that'll be interesting. Tanner Krebs from Brisbane. He, he's a guy who another maybe Reese Vague type character where he could be that guy coming up and surprising people coming through. He he did good things in in limited minutes in Brisbane and and um, I think he's the type of guy who who might fill a really strong role for for the um, United. Very sad to see um, Joel Awalachul. I mean, as much as I. You know, being a Sydney sider, I hate United. I, I like to be able to, you know, not like them as well. And I like them to be strong. And it's it's a shame to see him go down because he was looking like this was his time to shine and he was just going to really dominate in that role. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. Luke Travers, this is an interesting one, you know, for the, the Perth fans. The, the question, Mark, what can he do differently in, the, in this sort of system? Uh, you know, he's made this move, obviously, with an eye on, improving for his NBA stocks and um, what does he do leaving home and going into a totally different environment. The Melbourne system is different to the Perth system. I think, you know, I'll be interested to see. Yeah. Um, Kyle Bowen, good, good prospect. Um, Campbell Blog, yeah, young guy as far as I know. Um, I don't know a great deal about him. He's a guard. Uh, Delhi, yeah, what, what's what's he going to be like? You know, we, we know that he's got unlimited passion we, we've all heard the stories about how he pushed his way into boomers camp and he's still got his eye on paris 2024 um so i'll be interested to hear you guys uh, what what your thoughts are on him and where he's going to be at um rob lowe another one coming back from the dead his second retirement he's come out of to, to come back and fill the fill the need at, at center um you know he still seems to have plenty in the tank and then yeah maybe the the biggest question mark of all ian clark um, yeah, because he, he played a phenomenal role for Sydney coming in late and, and coming in and filling that role as the flamethrower off the bench for Sydney in a championship team. But he had the luxury of coming in and just doing what was needed as a scorer with a bevy of other players around him. And then Adelaide tried to get him to do the same thing and maybe didn't work out as well. Uh, and maybe he just didn't have that same support network around him but once again it's it's a real mercenary for higher situation that's been for him having to come in late in the season and join clubs like that so him being able to have that off season with melbourne to prepare to be seen from the outset as a guy who is part of the roster that they're looking to build around is an interesting one so those those two delhi and and clark what do you guys think yeah, well, I think uh, Ian Clark. The big thing about this particular season for him is he's got the opportunity to come in before the season starts, have a training camp with his with his teammates, and then build up and play a, a full season with his ball club. As you mentioned, Mookie, he's come in halfway through the season in Sydney. He was in a good environment, in a a good place to play in in that in that championship team. Adelaide was a mess last year. He came in on the back of you know all the all the. Um, Craig Randall drama and the team was um, not in the best state when he came in and and you know he it was difficult for us to make a judgment on that environment he came into last year. 
this year he's got the opportunity to actually start the season, right? Him and Delhi are both NBA champions. You got an NBA championship, you know, backcourt starting in the NBL this year. Let's not forget that, right? Um, And I think that those two veterans are going to add a lot. I think he's actually a a very good signing here. And and, and I think also uh, Ariel Hakpodi, like, he's great. And sure, Joel Walchul got injured, right? But Hakpodi's got a chance in that first half of the season, the first few months, to really showcase his abilities as a starting centre in this league. And we saw what Rob Lowe did with New Zealand last year. And I was very surprised when he retired. I thought, man, this guy's had, you know, almost a career year. I know he wanted to spend time with his family and whatnot, but it's nice that Dean Vickerman's got him out of retirement to come as a backup. It looks good to me, and I think they can, you know, um, keep the ship, you know, sailing in, in the absence of JLA. And Hakpodi gets his option, uh, opportunity to show his wares. Robbie, what do you think? Oh, this team is loaded, boys. I was just thinking that. Honestly, if they played a seven-game series against the Detroit Pistons, what do you reckon? United could win a couple of games there? I reckon they could. Seriously, this yeah, team yeah, is I think loaded. I think you're being a bit generous there, but all right. Just, have, you, have you seen Detroit play recently? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, this comes back to Delhi. How much does he have left in the tank? Is he still the guy that he was, yeah. you know? Well, I think they're not going to need that, that total role from him there. If he's, you know able to play 25 minutes. I don't think you need to be the main guy. There's so many options on this team. You know, there's some good defensive players. Some, they've got scoring options all over the court there. So I think um, I think Dilly will fit into it well. I can see them, you know, him and Dilly, that defensive backcourt there will be, be really good together. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the two West Aussies, though. Um, <laughs> of course he did. Of course Travis he did. coming over and then... Um, of course you know, he Col- did. Kyle yeah. Bowen, who actually did play a couple of games with the Wildcats before he went to St Mary's. So I was a little bit disappointed we couldn't get him there. Um, I was... I was Kind of thinking that he would there, and um, you know, obviously great signing there for Melbourne. But Travers, it's a big year for him, isn't it? I'm not quite sure it's the right move for him there. I don't think he's going to go to Melbourne to get given the keys there. There's so many options there. I think- Robbie, that's that's what I was going to ask you, man. Right? Because Luke Travers said he wanted to go and be able to showcase his abilities, you know, more than he did at Perth. Right? He's coming to a, a bit of an equal opportunity offense here that Dean Vickerman runs in in Melbourne. Right? Yeah. Was it the right move for him? I, I told you in the offseason that a place yeah. like Cairns might have been, a, or Illawarra, might have been a good place for him to go to get that opportunity. Tell, I guess, right? Obviously, yeah. he wanted to go to the big city there. I know that the Kings were interested in him, in, in him as well, I think. Um, I'm not sure, you know, based on just looking at this roster, whether it's the right move, because there's so many good players and so many people that are going to demand the ball on this team. So, look, it's not the sort of person that I, just because he's left my team, that I'm not going to like him. I'll still be rooting for him. I hope he eventually does find his way to the NBA and, you know, get some, some time on the court perhaps with the Cavs there. But, yeah, not quite sure at this stage that is the best move. But um, really looking forward to see how this team goes, though. Yeah, I, I don't know if it is the best move either. But the only thing I'll say in the defence of that move is that really he kind of does have the four-man spot to himself. I mean, Brad Newley's there just for spot minutes and at this point of his career, and at least Travis does have that four spot, whereas a lot of the other log jam really comes in the one through three spots in particular. Mm-hmm. So it gives him that opportunity. But I agree, I, you know, I'd be... If I was advising him, I'd be talking more about a place like Illawarra 
yeah, somewhere like that where you've got more autonomy and can try to be the star. But maybe that's not what he wanted. Maybe that's not what the Cavs had advised him they wanted. Maybe they wanted him in a big program and they just wanted him to be a cog in the system because when he comes to Cleveland, he's going to be a cog in the system. They don't want him to be a star. He's he's, he's the type of guy who, you know, you never think he's going to be an NBA star. He's, he's a connector. He's like a, you know, a bit of a Xavier Cooks style of player who is, is a guy who does a bit of everything. So... Maybe they just want to see him on a good winning program doing a bit of everything. Yeah, I said it before. I've, I like the Andre Kirilenko Travis comparisons, man. He's the kind, mm. kind of guy I think that you can com- Travis can compare his game to. I know you said that the power forward position is a bit of a logjam. I put Bowen down as third on the rotation. Robbie, I might be wrong there, right? He might be at a newly on the rotation by the time the end of the season comes, right? Yeah, I mean, look, Bowen's someone that's going to come in and not you know, demand a lot of the ball there, which is probably well suited for this team. He's a real, he reminds me, not just of the way he looks, but a little bit of a, a young Matt Knight there, the way he sort of goes about nice. things. You know, okay, I like that. Throws his body around, um, you know, good offensive rebounder. He can hit that sort of, you know, he can extend the defense a little bit there, but, you know, set the hard screens and those sort of things. So I think that they've got a good one there. Yeah, yeah, big enough body. Yeah, he's about 6'9", or 6'8", so I think, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, looking at that depth chart, as we discussed, I mean, Delhi and Illy, you've got that two-headed snake there of those guys who just come in relentlessly killing you for 40 minutes of the point guard spot. That's going to be huge for them. Um, mentioned that Clark is going to be, you know, maybe a question mark as to how he performs because he and Golding, as those starting two and three, um, as as they go, maybe that's how United goes because they, they're both capable of combining for 50 to 60 points every night. Um Cameron off the bench, how much will he step up and become a, a really big contributor? And, and or how much then does Triplet come through and, and start to earn some minutes as yeah. hitting those threes? Krebs backing up Golding. Krebs could be, you know, really useful. I think Travers is going to get, you know, a, a lion's share of minutes at the floor. That is more the question mark, though, than with Newley and Bowen, how many minutes do they need to fill in? You know, if, if Travis is in foul trouble or whatever, if, if he, you know, God forbid, has any injury problems, what what do they do at that four spot? Because suddenly that's the weakness in the roster because then, you know, Huck Porty, hopefully he's healthy and he can dominate and you've still got low behind him. So, yeah, it's an, an interesting depth chart. Obviously, they've, they've got a lot of strength at one through three and the question mark more so comes in, in the four and five spots if they have foul trouble or injury trouble. And All right. Yeah, so we go to the, the fantasy. Let's, let's do that. Super coach, stud, and sleeper. What you got for us there, Mooks? Right. Well, I'm going to look to Hockaporty to, to, to be a real stud. Okay, uh, I like that. Yeah. If, if, he can, if he gets those touches down low, he has the capability to be a 18, 10, and 2 sort of guy down there. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. He's, he's at that point of his career where he can make that progression. Uh, the sleeper. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it, because the team's so loaded. Yeah. Yeah, and just can anyone get those minutes? Um, Maybe a yeah. Flynn Cameron, man. Maybe a that, Flynn Cameron. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Because let, let's say, you know, if, if there's suddenly someone's injured, Cameron may even sneak into a starting spot, maybe. So, yeah, he, he could be that guy. He could earn the minutes. We know he's got the potential. That, that could be the sleeper. All right. Thanks, Mook. So, all right, I'm, I'm going to throw, throw it out there to you guys. 
Finals. Grand finals. Melbourne United. Yes or no? Yes. Grand final. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Melbourne, Sydney, I'm going to go. Finals. See, see yeah, right. Fair call. Fair call. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Um, hey, Wood, shout out to you for putting those... Um, yeah. Those depth charts and rosters together. I know you're going to be doing that for the other team, so good on you, mate. You did well. I, well, did, I well. did my I did my best. I think I might have got a few of them wrong, but I just you know thought of used my judgment there. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. So look, it's been a bit of a lull in the basketball world lately, but all of a sudden, everyone's you know focused and switched on with the with the FIBA Men's World Cup, right? And I, I sort of wanted to get your thoughts on what's going on at the moment over there. Um, before I do that, let me. We'll finish the first round of of um, of playing. We're we're up to the second round now, and we're down to sixteen teams. So let me just break it down for you, and tell you the sixteen teams that have qualified in order. So we've got Group I with Serbia, the Dominican Republic, Italy, and Puerto Rico. We've got Group J with USA, Lithuania, Montenegro, and Greece. We've got Group K, our group, with Slovenia, Germany, Australia, and Georgia. And we've got Group L with Canada, Spain, Brazil, and surprisingly Latvia. All right, I think I want to ask you guys a little bit about France. Um, let's kick it off with there. You guys are a bit surprised that France didn't step up to the plate and, and they're out of the World Cup now. Let's just start there before we move on to Australia. Well, that's certainly the big name that went out, isn't it, France? I mean, look, a bit of an aging roster there. You know, you, you've seen some of those guys like Batum, um, Fournier, Gobert. They're sort of a, they are an older team now. I think they could have done with that seven foot, whatever, five or whatever he is, guy that we're going to be seeing for the Spurs this season. Um, we'll obviously see him next year in Paris when they automatically qualify, which is probably lucky for them as the host nation there. So, yeah, it was a surprise, wasn't it? Um, you know, Latvia probably didn't expect to, to see them, you know, knock a team like France off. But, um, yeah, it's, it's World Cup basketball. Anything can happen, right? Yeah, and, and this is what I love about World Cups and, and international basketball, just the way teams come through unheralded, that it's not all about how many NBA players you've got. Yep. It's just about how a team comes together and rides a wave in the same way as Australia rode that wave to the, the rose gold medal. And I, I think I've always loved going to one of these tournaments and what and discovering players from other countries that I've never heard of who just really step it up and we've seen it and France are on the flip side of that spectrum. I've absolutely expected them to do well. You see, you know, we know with France a guy like Fournier just he becomes Jordan for, for France when he starts scoring. He's you know, can put up thirty points and you know, you've got Gobert inside. Nan, Nan, Nando De Colo, man. Right? Yeah, De Colo does it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just, you know, he looks like a Game of Thrones character, but he uh, just uh, just manages to do that. And I, I, you know, being an old Blazers fan, I always like seeing Batum still getting around out there, For and he sure. still does amazing things. He still does chase down blocks and all those things. And they, they just got such a star-studded roster of all those guys who've been around for a long time. And I guess this is the changing of the guard now. Yeah, will we see? Embiid come in, will we see, you know, Wembeyana playing consistently for France? Um, they've, they've got that next guard coming through. Um, and it's a shame that this has kind of heralded some changes being needed because that was a, it was really disappointing with how deep they looked. They were definitely a team that I expected to do well. Totally, Mookie. And you, and you talk about them being an ageing roster, Robbie. I know Latvia had Davis Bertans and a, and a few Euroleague players. You know, Kristaps Porzingis was out, right? Mm. You still expect them to 
progress to the round of 16. So they need to be pretty disappointed about what, what what's transpired here, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe they, they overlook some of these teams. I like the way Latvia played, actually. Like you said, Definitely. a lot of household names there, but they you know they move the ball around really well, quite well coached from what I, what I noticed there. So, yeah, perhaps they, they you know weren't on their, their complete game there, France, and took Latvia a bit easy. But, yeah, it's good to see some of these different teams making it to that round of 16. Yeah, terrific to see like all the different cultures coming together. Mookie mentioned it, right? The game is played differently across the world in a variety of different countries, right? You know, and um, to, to see it all come together, the FIBA rules are, are very different. You've got that ability to put a, a guy in the key. There's no defensive three seconds. You can the ball is live when it's on the rim, so it's a different. It's almost a different sport to what you see in the NBA, mm. and. I really enjoy that 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 style of play. Right, you're also allowed to foul people on on half court three point attempts at the end of games too, and get away with it. All right, well that's. A I good know thing. they never call that stuff, but I've watched yeah. that many times at replay. Hundred okay. percent of foul. 100%. Well, that's that's a good segue. Let's get into it. Mm. Right, let me get your thoughts on Australia and how they went. Okay, obviously they've won two out of their three games. Um, Finland and Japan, decent victories. Uh, we you just alluded to that narrow loss to to Germany. Um, Maybe, Robbie, I'll throw it over to you first. Yeah, I mean, look, we haven't started particularly well in each of the games, have we? We, we, we did start better against Japan in that, that do-or-die game there. Um, they're they're going to be kicking themselves for a while, I think, that Germany game. Um, yep. I didn't like some of the coaching, if I'm being completely honest, in that game. I thought some of the lineups were a bit strange, and they just didn't seem to adjust to DS-17. He was just killing them there. You know, <laughs> you know I love yeah. the guy, and it was hard seeing one of my favourite players light up, you know, country there but you know he just kept on getting right you know they were leaving him or not sort of stepping up and rotating he was hitting i think he hit five threes for that game so a little bit disappointing but look all's not lost there you know we can you know depending on how results go it was only a close loss we had for them so that could come back in our favor there um but look generally i think it's been okay i don't want to go too hard on them you know germany is definitely a good team and we knew it was a pretty tough group we talked about that in the you know the preview we did three weeks ago so yeah we did um, yeah that Germany team is, is legit for sure. Um, but look, there's been some some good signs, I think, for the Boomers. You know, Josh Giddy at, at 20 years of age has just really shone, hasn't he? I think he's, he's been been great there. So big, as we know, there. And just, I think he's going to just be an absolute superstar when, when he's sort of finished playing. Um, and, you know, guys like Xavier Cooks, I think, has been huge. He was probably on the bubble, right? They've been making yeah. the team. He's been amazing there. Um, good to see Josh Green have a really good game there. Um, a few of the older guys are looking quite old. I think I know we've spoken a little bit about it offline. Woods, you know, guys like Nick Kay and, and your boy Joe Ingles there, just looking a little bit, a little bit old there. But as long as they can still, you know, play their role on the team there, certainly missing Jock Landale. There's no doubt about that there. But yep. you know, Cooks has stepped up there. Um, Paddy was really good in times, especially in that Germany game after we had a pretty, pretty ordinary start there. So I, don't know, I wouldn't say panic stations yet. Friday night, you know, the time of recording, it's Wednesday the 31st of August. So. I'm pumped for Friday nights. I think it's like a 10 o'clock game against Slovenia there. They're going to have revenge oh, on their mind. Yeah, after that, you know, um, third versus I'll be, I'll be, I'll be sober by 10-10 on a Friday night. Woods uh, will be, right? No, no definitely not. But, um, <laughs> but um, no, really looking forward to that, though. I think we've certainly got some weapons we can play on Luca there, looking ahead to that game. Um, and the thing is, we wouldn't want to sort of take Georgia easily on Sunday as well. We saw they had a you know, game you know, behind... You know, closed doors, I think, in the, the final warm-up game we had. I think we only got up by about four or five points there. So Georgia's another one of those teams. Not a lot of household names there, but you can't take a, a game, a team like that for granted. So 
Um, yeah, optimistic. Um, looking forward to that next game. And I'm just loving having this World Cup on. All these games are on such a good time for you know us on the east coast of Australia and stuff. There, you sort of finish work, and there's there's games on straight away, and then there's games as you're going to bed. It's um, yeah, it's really good. Mookie, I want to ask you one thing, right, about the Australian team. And, and Robbie mentioned Joe Ingalls, right, and how he's been a little bit ineffective throughout this World Cup. But I think we need to put him in a situation where he can be a bit more of a ball handler. You know, he's terrific. You've seen him in the Utah Jazz, you know, in that high, high pick and roll action with the likes of Favors and, and Gobert. He's almost just a, a standstill three-point shooter in this Boomers lineup. Is it important that potentially Brian Gorgian puts him in more, more playmaking opportunities? Yeah, we know that works well for him, and, and he's great in this team, I actually think, as the second unit ball handler, and yeah. and he can do that. But maybe the question here is more around who he has to play off him in that pick and roll, and, and this is where the, the loss of Landale is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's just Landale, the loss is, is so much bigger than what people may think for two reasons. One, uh, well, maybe three. One being these pick and rolls where he can – roll to the basket and he makes really good decisions he's, he's got that ability on the fly to make a decision about where to go maybe to give a pass where to roll to setting screens at the right angles he's, he's very good at that stuff right. right up here secondly he's so good with his rim running he'll run from one rim to the other so quickly that it just forces the question for the other team they're watching him and he, he did it in the nba last year he's done it for the boomers He's done it for Melbourne. He, he yep. will run end to end. And so that gets other guys open. And then the third thing is his defense on the pick and roll because he can be that guy who, you know, and now we're in the situation where, and sorry, we'll get back to the Joe Ingalls point, but I just closed this. Yeah, no, go for it. Go for yeah, it. That, that he is, uh, we, when we're tr- trying to play against Slovenia and, and you've got Luca there. So Duop Reese or Nick Kay, you don't want them caught on an island. And, and I think Nick Kay is better than what people give him credit for in that regard. I actually think he's really good at being able to get it there and put that hand out and, you know, in the same way as Aaron Baines used to try and do it. But Duop Reese as well, you know, that's a struggle. We're going to be in the situation where we want Xavier Cooks doing that, and he'll be really good for that because, yeah, we can try to put Fireball on him. We can try to put Josh Green on Luca. But the thing that Luca does really well is he'll isolate. He'll get Toby, Toby, and they'll do the pick and roll, and then he'll try to switch to the big. And if that big is Xavier Cooks, that's actually going to be a good thing for Australia. I think that will do well for us. But it would have been nice to have Landale as that other option. Uh, but getting back to Joe Ingalls, I think, yeah, he's a step slower, but he's always been slow, and, and that speed thing is not an issue for him. They, they do need to find some of those options. It's just who is he going to have in the pick and roll? Um, but he can still be that second unit guy to facilitate, and it's kind of being the second unit to doing what Josh Giddy does in the first unit. Josh Giddy's that same guy with the ball sticky with him. He's just quite often doing it slowly as well, working his way in, finding that right, getting his bum on someone and just getting in there and creating things, and Joe does that as well, and I think he's done a pretty good job. And, and the thing with Joe and Patty is, as much as people may have criticised some of their play in the lead-up, those games were just warm-up games, and even these games we've had so far, I still know with both those guys there's going to be some key moments where they will hit a key shot, and just the confidence they bring to the other guys is huge. Well, that's, that's a fair point. And Rob, may, maybe I'll ask you this, man. Like Germany, they're a good team, and probably on even kill with Australia in this group, right? 
But with Franz Wagner going out, I think it's a really it was a really good opportunity for us to win that game. And the, we, we, we shot, what, 9 from 16 from the free throw line. We made key mistakes at times. I know you talk about that three-point foul on the buzzer, but we, we can't look at that as the reason no. we lost the game, right? With Franz Wagner out, it, was a, it feels like a really big opportunity missed, right, to, to win that game against Germany, right? It is, but I don't think they can dwell on that one. Do you know what they I mean? Can't. It's a long tournament here. I think they've just got to move on from that. Yeah, it was a real opportunity lost there. Um, they'll probably be dirty about how they started the game. They'll be dirty about not getting that foul at the end, not capitalising on, on Franz being out. But, yeah, I think you, you can't sort of, you know, continue to sort of um, worry about that for the boomers. You've just got to move on. Yeah, no, fine. And and before we move on from Australia, you did speak about Luca tomorrow, big game, and Matisse Teibel. He, he he's been terrific for us ever since he's won the green and gold. He is going to be important tomorrow, right? And oh, all day after tomorrow on Friday, right? No, it I is mean, tomorrow. I actually, I actually said Wednesday the 31st. I got my dates wrong. So Thursday the 31st of August. Oh, we're recording. Day. We normally record on Wednesdays. That's yeah, why. We got to right? be confused. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's tomorrow the game. Tomorrow the game. Boys, tell me, um, Matisse Teibel is going to be important um, against Luca tomorrow, right? Definitely. Yeah. He will. I mean, hopefully he's healthy, right? And he's got this, the size. So Josh Green could also play a role in this, but um, Matisse has got more of that size and, and he's got the experience in having done it. Dante Exum might have a crack as yeah, well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, he's got that length. He's got that Euro experience at being one of the best two-way players in Europe in this past year. So Dante can definitely have a go as well. Um, but it's it's certainly, you know, we know what Matisse can do. We've seen it in uh, in last year. But he can do all those chase-down blocks. But we know Luca is so smart at forcing you to switch. And that's where it comes down to. Hopefully we can get under his skin as well, right? And we can oh, see yeah. Luca, you know, sucking at the refs and doing all those things he loves to do. You know, we saw him get a tech foul in the last game there. So that's something they probably need to do there. You know, just Definitely. a few little, few little nudges here and there and try and get under his skin a little bit. Yeah, yeah I'm a massive Luca fan because I love the way he plays, but he is the biggest sook out there. He does <laughs> just get so fired up. And I think we got him in a great position um, back in, in Tokyo because he was battered and bruised and tired and unfortunately we don't have him in that same situation this time he's, he looks in good shape too doesn't he for this time of year he does it's rare right he's normally mm. looks like he's had a few too many uh pierogi <laughs> or whatever slovenians eat but uh he's uh obviously got some pride in the jersey so he's he's gotten fit and obviously luca are going to be playing against two of his teammates in uh in josh green and and don't exam just quietly don't exam and the way his game has evolved over the last couple of years, veterans minimum, he's he's going to actually have a nice impact on that Dallas Mavericks roster. And I think having a guy like Jason Kidd as his coach this year is going to do wonders for him. So really excited to see what he can do this year in a, in a Mavericks uniform. Right, guys? For sure, yeah. Yeah, he, he's finally getting to show off that potential that he had when he was drafted. And, you know, he, he was a high draft pick for a reason. Um, he's got a unique body type. He's a great defender um, and... It's just been injuries, right? And, and he's shown that he can do it. And now he's also hitting the three-pointer. Oh, yeah, man, that, that's, that's set shot, in Europe, that, so. that set shot looks good. And he's been a 10-year pro now, and he's only 28 years old. So the future is bright for Dante Exum. Okay. All right, guys, before we uh, move on to my favorite segment, I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of the other teams. We talked about all you know, 32 teams, 
talk to me, guys. You know, Cape Verde. Robbie, Robbie's like, where the hell is Cape Verde Woods, right? Let's get my atlas <laughs> is out. Is that a country, man? So I, I wanted to talk about a surprise team, Woods. All right, um, and talk not to just because one of my favourite players, you know, who I love. I'm talking about the big cat there. Um, three and zero for the Dominican Republic there. I mean, that's a, not a lot of household names on that team there. You know, cat's been really good. And just. But that seemed to be three and zero. I'm just quietly Mexico beat New Zealand tonight, by the way, as well. So oh, it's really, it's ended in disaster oh, for New Zealand, which yeah. is a shame. Given that Mexico team's pretty average. Did Eduardo Najera come out of retirement? Uh, possibly so, possibly. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dominican Republic, the way they're playing, they've got nothing to lose. They go into this round of sixteen. There, you know, it's already probably a bit of a bonus. A lot of people wouldn't have thought they'd get that far. So they've been a surprise team that I've really enjoyed seeing the you know the happiness and the you know the joy they've got after winning those games there. So. That's kind of a team that's you know going to be my second team probably in this last sixteen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I actually, uh, as much as uh, you know, being Italian, I don't like Greeks, but I actually quite <laughs> liked watching Greece play with um, Antetokounmpo getting up and in on everything, and um, you know, obviously, yeah, Cape Verde as well. That you know, the it was that really athletic guy, that guard. He was just such a fun packet of energy to watch getting up dunking and getting tech fouled for hanging on the rim and you know there's it's it's the great thing with these tournaments um you know the the hidden you know the the elephant in the room obviously is canada with how well they yep. played and uh that's you know if australia can get through that's the big challenge i think because usa are always more vulnerable i find just because of they try to throw together all these moving parts at the last minute and there's always that vulnerability that they just don't play team basketball and they don't play the international style of basketball that's necessary. They're all about one-out stuff. And what if Anthony Edwards isn't playing like a superstar in, in this particular game? Um, and then one other one to throw out, I'm sure you guys saw Rondo, uh, Hollis Jefferson. Oh, um, I've got, I've got like something to say about that. Yeah. i got something to say about that. Like, honestly, man, like, Rondo Hollis Jefferson has never set foot in Jordan, right? He's never played in the Jordanian <laughs> League. He's never ever played there, right? You've got like what's the guy from uh, Little uh, Slovenia, Toby, right? Yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy has never ever been to Slovenia in his life, right? <laughs> My boy Kendrick Perry, Sydney Kings, he's playing for Montenegro. He's never. I mean, okay, he's played in the Montenegro league. I'll I'm give it to him, right? Yeah. yeah. Mo- Bryce Cotton cannot get an Australian citizenship, but but these guys can go play yeah. for whatever country they want. I don't understand the logic there, right? So. I mean, yeah. 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 All right, great. All right, that's terrific, guys. Really looking forward to the game tomorrow. I think we're all excited to see that. All right. So, if uh, anyone checked uh, checked into our last episode, we got a whole heap of packs sent over to us and and memorabilia from from Sydney Seeking. Um, Robbie, I've actually got to give you a Patty Mills bobblehead, but we haven't had classic packs in a while, have we? It's been a long while. Yeah. No, I've got about 25 packs sitting in that cupboard Ooh. right behind me. 25 packs, right? Nice, nice. So I thought today, let's go for the 1993 Upper Decks. Oh. Ooh. All right? Oh, the 1993 yeah. Upper Decks, right? Nice and I know you you haven't done this in a while, Robbie. <clears throat> yeah, I might be rusty, man. Yeah, so I know you'll be like eager and greedy to like outshine Mookie. But just give the brother a yeah, chance. Mookie, Mookie might outshine me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. Did anyone watch the recent Netflix documentary about gladiators? No. Okay, so in the gladiator documentary, one of the gladiators said, "Man, I went to, I went out partying with this this uh, this NBA player from the Detroit Pistons, 
we call him the officer because he pretended to be a police officer. <laughs> All right, I'm talking about who? Good old Alden Polonese. Yeah. Alden. The officer. Oh, wow. Right. We've even named our, our Yahoo Fantasy League a few times Officer <laughs> Alden Polonese, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I recently watched the Gladiator documentary on Netflix, and one of the Gladiators is like, man, I was really good friends with Alden Polonese, and we went to a nightclub <laughs> together. And, yeah. Wow. Nice. Traded for Scottie Pippen, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this player was a Chicago Bulls guard, and he has the same name as one of the most polarizing figures in the NBL media right now. Okay? One of New York City's finest street ballers. I'm talking about the NBL oh, personality. has okay. the same name as this guy. Uh, right. So it's a Williams. Yeah, same name. The full same name. Oh, also Corey Williams. Corey Williams. Oh, I don't totally remember much about yeah. him. Loving those cards, though. These were just yeah. a great set, these ones. Yeah. Beautiful cards, yeah. Hopefully the, the player um, quality improves after these first two. Okay, New York City, you talk about the greatest point guards to ever come Rod out Strickland. of New York City. Yeah. No, man. Southpaw, all right? Oh, Kenny Anderson. Southpaw. Kenny Anderson. Yeah. Mr. Chibs, yeah. One of Georgia Tech's finest. Yeah. All right. I actually don't fully remember this guy. Denver Nuggets forward, number 21. Bryant Stooth. Went to Georgia Tech. Yeah, Played Reg for the Bullets. Reggie Williams? No. Uh, no. Wiggins? Tom Hammonds. Oh, I remember him. Uh, he's, uh, he's involved in NASCAR now. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Yep. He was a pretty tough sort of character. Oh, man. We talk about little men. We talked about Jordan <coughs> Crawford, right? Talk about little men that like to get above the rim and throw that ball down and wow. dunk it, man. Oh, no, no. Talking about one of the... Okay, Robbie, one of the jerseys we've oh, both wanted for our whole life. Oh, the Pac-Man, Robert. Oh, one of my favorites. Oh, still going to get that jersey, too. Oh, That's Pac -Man. awesome. Great yeah. cards, these ones. His father was a Hall of Famer. Um, white boy. Shades? Um, Dan Shays. Yeah. Son of Dolph Shays. Yeah. Okay. And you know you're a good player when you get a photo of you stretching. <laughs> okay, I remember this guy. King's guard, white boy, looked like he should be working at one of them law firms or, you know, um, you know. At, uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Lance. Jim Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we said that at an identical time. Yeah, right? he, he came to Australia, didn't he, during yeah. uh, yeah, Bluefest? Uh, yeah, yeah. Round yeah. Round yeah. Round yeah. Or yeah. How funny is that? I said, should we look like, looks like he should be working in one of those law firms the same time you you, you guys said Jim Les, right? Yeah, except, they, yeah, Jim, we would have said Jim Les, and they would have said Jim yeah. Les. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, talk, guys. you talk about the greatest braids. You know, in 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 uh, one of the greatest like hairstyles hair, hair and 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 vertical leaps in NBA history, um, you know, just a great multiple NBA All Star. Played for the Warriors. This is Warriors card. He was bald at the time when he played for the Warriors. Then went on to play for the New York Knicks. Went on to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Had some uh, off court What's issues that? with the likes of PJ Carlissimo, Latrell. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. Latrell Sprewell, do it, Mookie, do it, do it. Nice. Do it. All right. Hey, he's one of the few players that um, was an All NBA first team that's not in the Hall of Fame. I think there's only a handful of those players, and he's one of them. Yeah. 
Is he? Oh, yeah. Is he also a NASCAR <coughs> guy, or was both? I don't think he is. Nah, <clears throat> he's got his rims though. The Spreewell rims that he was. Yeah, you know, all the yeah. rappers wanted to have back in the day. That's right. He needed to feed his kids. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Okay, we've got an NBA Finals 1993 card, right? Yeah. Love that final series. Yeah. All right, and let me just read it to you. One of the most closely con contested games of an NBA Finals series ended on a single shot with the winning margin a single point. The Suns held Chicago to 12 fourth quarter points, but Chicago's John Paxson, who helped the Bulls set an NBA record when he hit the game 10th three-pointer, Turn a two-point loss into a one-point win and put the Bulls among the NBA's elite. I remember Channel 10 butchering that game on a Saturday afternoon as well, like they used to do back in the day. So, yeah, remember that. Oh, man, the frustration. <laughs> Whenever you hear, and we skip ahead in the action, oh, yeah. fourth quarter with and one minute remaining. A hundred ads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got a few inserts here. Ooh. We got the 1992-3 Suns insert card. Oh, great team! Is that yep. Oliver Miller on the right? Oliver yeah, Miller, Danny yeah. Age, Thunder Dan, Chuck. And I'll just read this. Even before the 92-93 season began, Phoenix started its road to the 93 NBA Finals with the acquisition of Charles Barkley. He obviously, came over from Philly. The Suns improved their record by nine games over 91-92 and finished the season with an, with the NBA's best record. After scaring the first round against the Lakers, Phoenix moved on to challenge Chicago for the NBA championship. And we just spoke about... Hey, boys, I'll throw it out to you. Who are the three players they traded for Charles Barkley? Good trivia question. Uh, uh, Jeff Hornacek. Yep. Um, not Mark West, is it? No. Mm, no. Uh, big guy, though. Uh, that was another big... Um, Tim Perry. Tim Perry. I was going to say Tim Perry was I the think, other one. I think Lang was the other one, right? The big Andrew man. Andrew Lang, that's it, yeah. 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 Yes. And the 93-93 NBA playoffs where the Hornets won their first series, obviously oh, that, that was, was the Alonzo yes. morning shot, right? Morning step back from the top of the key. Yeah. With their first them. round upset of the Boston in the 1993 mm. NBA playoffs, Charlotte was the first of the recent expansion teams to advance the Eastern Conference semi-final. Charlotte was led into the second round by Alonzo Mourning, who shot with 0.4 seconds remaining, ended Boston season, and pushed Charlotte into the limelight, right? Oh. I, I would, it's not Christian Leitner or Alonzo Mourning, right? <laughs> not a Christian Leitner, not Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> Who's the first big word is born in? Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, and finally, we've got the right-handed hook shot, which was a staple for one of Denver Denver's finest big man who ended up being in my opinion the greatest shot blocker in nba history who am i talking about no 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 Takembi Matumba. can you say his full name though i've actually got it on a pennant here Takembi Takembi molondo jacques Makamba, jean watombo matombo yeah what about now you give give isaiah lee arthur's full name is shot exactly that's it Hey, that was an interesting pack, right? Some, um, yeah, some stars, some strange ones there, but, you know, they good, good trip down memory lane. Oh. Yeah. All right. 
Well, t- today was so much fun. I know we've s- saying an hour. We haven't recorded in a while, so an hour and hour and twenty minutes is okay, <laughs> right? That's right. Plenty of content. Really fun. You guys enjoy yourself. Oh, always, always, man. Always. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks to everyone for for tuning in, Robbie. Why don't you take uh, the audience away with uh, our final thoughts, where we can be tuned in, all that jazz, bro? Uh, of course, man. So just to let you know where we can be followed. So. We're not calling it Twitter anymore, are we? So I'll have to change these notes. So it's now X, which just sounds really strange. But our logo at the bottom of the screen still still says Twitter, right? Oh, we might need to get that updated, yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it this week, is um, at throwbackshoops. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. And our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So look, the season's, you know, uh, nearly here for the NBL. NBA is about a month and a half, so... You know, send us some you know questions, ideas, jerseys you want to see. We look forward to, to hearing from people. And what about yourself there, Woods? Uh, yeah, Patreon. Really appreciate everyone's support. Um, and, and thank you, you know. Anyone who pledges their support to us, there are some costs associated with, um, you know, maintaining this podcast. So um, we appreciate everyone who is willing to contribute. We don't expect you to, but those who do, we thank you, right? Uh, and Mookie, talk to the audience. Where can you be found and all that, yeah? Oh, probably the, the best one is just a stern warning on Twitter, on X. No, I like to call it Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, me too, me too, man, me too. Yeah. And, uh, and look, guys, just thank you for having me on. You guys do the best job. There's no one else that's more on the wavelength for me in my age group and my heritage in basketball than you guys, and, and I, I love what you do. So please keep on keeping on and, uh, yeah, always tuning in, loving, loving the content. And Mookie, I've got to say, I'm going to be going to India for the Cricket World Cup for four weeks. I'm going to be traveling. And Robbie's going to need a, a guest host for four, four episodes, right? And I think... Uh, yeah, so we're looking for some, some weekly um, some ring-ins there. So we might have to, to get Mookie on board if he's up yeah. for that. Get a oh, couple of NBL yeah. One East commentators on the show together, right? I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but no, you got to go, oh, here it goes at the start of the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, all good, all good, man. It'd be nice to have you on. I've got some classic packs here as well. So. All right, that's terrific, man. Well, it'd be good to have you come in, step in, and help me out while I'm overseas, Mookie, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it's been 84 episodes, three seasons of the show. We're really excited. This is basically the the first episode of our third season officially, right, Robbie? Mm, yeah, you know? cool. Yep. So really, really happy for everyone and all the support they've given us over the years. Um, and we'll be back next week, right? So, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Go Boomers. That's all I can say. Yeah, Boomers. I, I, yeah, gold. Gold vibes only. All right. So, from Woody, Robbie, Mookie, and the Throwback Hoops crew, it's peace out.